Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Libertarian Social Democracy Podcast. My name is Brad Colchell, and I'm here with Matthew Bump. And uh, we're going to talk today about uh, Kamala Harris dropping out of the election. And then after that, we're going to discuss um, what being libertarian means to us and what our forms of government will look like in theory. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's Kamala Harris broad. Thank fucking God she's gone. Ain't that right? Yeah. Like, I don't know why she thought that she could really have a chance when she knew it was going to be a lot more progressive, uh, you know, a lot more scrutiny, especially with this many candidates running already before she got in. Actually, I'm not sure when she got in, but still, like, she had been <clears throat> shifting her campaign staff around... Uh, to, trying to reorganize the campaign because Tulsi gave her a kill shot in uh, the second debate. I mean, here we are on the fifth, but like that's pretty much around the time where she started tanking down to the bottom tier. And uh, you know it's bad when you get passed by Mike Bloomberg in a, in a, a Harris X poll, which I guess, you know, polls are manipulatable, I'm sure. Maybe he probably, because I don't know that 6% of people would support him from the Democratic Party. I really don't believe that. But you know it's bad when, when you get passed by Mike Bloomberg in any poll. Especially when his comment sections, literally almost all of them, are just full of guillotines from leftists. Like, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's really sad when you get passed by the most authoritarian candidate in the election who's literally just trying to buy the election. You know it's bad when that happens. The thing I couldn't believe is how, how she thought... She had a chance in hell when she is trying to win the votes of a group of people who believe that in doing what you should be able to do. I mean, uh, I should have word that correctly. She's trying to uh, win the votes of people who believe that you should be able to do whatever you want with your own body. As long as you don't harm anybody else. A.K.A. marijuana. Yeah, and she she's fucking laughing about locking people up for possession, but then goes and says that she smokes it. Yep. Uh, on top of that, just, like, as a prosecutor in a social, how do we put it, like a social justice warrior party, you're a prosecutor. Like, you knew that shit was going to come up, and I'm glad that Tulsi pulled that shit out on her. Yeah, for real, because uh, that's just bogus, and she laughed about it, too. Yep, and then, of course, tries to frame any attack at, uh, from Tulsi or the left in general as, you know, dishonest, even though she literally did what was said. Same thing that Mayor Pete did. I, I hope, like, Tulsi is like the grim reaper of campaigns lately. She killed, uh, hold on, who did she kill? Tulsi, uh, Beto. Beto kind of killed himself, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Beto did it to that. <laughs> Just to give you a picture of how wrong CNN is, they literally put Kamala Harris as the number one most likely to win uh, in the primary. Beto was number two. Yeah, I'm not, like, <laughs> I, who the fuck actually supported these people? Like, I can understand maybe people supporting Kamala Harris for identity politics reasons. You know, like... Uh, well, she's a female uh, person of color. I get that. But, like, just, she's part of the same problem. You know, the 
the criminal justice system is a joke. And she was a major part of it for years. And I saw a report that she locked up record numbers of people of color. Like, in her tenure as, uh, what, what was she, the Attorney General? Like, yes, I believe and, and so. she was also, like, just a, um, a district attorney at one point, I believe. You know? And her campaign slogan was, For the People. Well, that's literally saying that you're go All right, when, when lawyers, district attorneys say that in the courts, that means that they're representing the state and the state's aggression towards people. So you're not for the people. That's just a play on words. You are literally the state against the people. Yeah. It's an arbitrary term, an arbitrary context. Yeah, and it's trying to frame it as if, like, you're actually doing what the people want and what's in the people's best interest, when in reality you're just enforcing uh, through the courts laws that are very, very subjectively you know, seen as the right thing to do because the government said to do it. You know, it would be different if it was a more direct democracy and everybody agreed that weed was the worst thing in the world or something. Like, I could understand then why you would take that job seriously. But you have full discretion as an attorney general or a, uh, you know, an attorney, a district attorney. <clears throat> and you were will. it's the same problem I have with cops. And that's why we call her Kamala the Cop. Kamala the Cop, or Cop Mala, is that you are willfully taking a job that is immoral, and you are executing it without asking questions. It didn't work real well in uh, Nuremberg trials, did it? Like, <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, the Nazis that were just doing their job also had to face, uh, also had to face the music with, you know, their complacency in what they were doing. Same thing applies here. Same exact thing. Not as much violence involved, but um, I don't. I guess you shouldn't control what people put into their own bodies. It should be up left to them and them alone. Like if you, I just did a Google search of Kamala, uh, Kamala's record of people of color incarceration. Um, so there's one Vox, uh, Vox article. Where it says, Kamala Harris's criminal justice reform plan explained. And then the next one, and that one excludes people of color, so they're trying to be favorable towards her. But anyway, uh, the next one is from a website called Afropunk. Kamala Harris has been tough on black people, not crime. And then there's another website called In These Times, Kamala Harris's disturbing brand of criminal justice reform. Uh, it's, California's law and order passed haunts Kamala Harris from the LA Times. Kamala Harris gets slightly less tough on crime, September 12, 2019. Like, she, she's ingenuine, uh, or disingenuous, and wasn't really for the people. She was against people, and especially people of color. So there goes the identity politics reason for running, in my opinion. You can't just run off of, I'm X and this, you know, X and Y. Therefore, I'm more fit it's like Tulsi saying, it's equally as dumb as Tulsi saying, like, well, I'm, uh, I'm a Hindu woman, so therefore a woman of color, and that's why I, I'm running for president, because I think that I can, you know, just get elected based off of that. Nobody's going to get elected just for being white or just for being black. Like, there may be certain demographics that will vote for that reason, but it's not a reason to run, and it's not a reason that you'll win. Nope. I remember uh, 
when Obama first got into office, I was kind of uh, uh, I was kind of excited because oh, this guy's black. Maybe he'll be a little more chill than the last two presidents we had. Mm. But apparently not. No, and that's another problem with Obama lately. Um, like there have been articles out about him. Like it's kind of third person speak, but. Basically, there were reports of him saying that he would come out and speak out if it looked like Bernie was uh, on the path for the nomination. Like, said he would feel the need to try to stop it. And uh, it sucks because what happened to that hope and change? Hopey, hopey, changey, changey, you know? Now he's just giving Wall Street speeches for $500,000 a piece and just fucking... Going back on everything that he originally ran on, like the campaign from 2012 was mark markably different from the one in 2007 or 2008 or whatever when he got elected the first time. Like, it's a, uh, it, it's just a shame that he can't actually be, or that he can't be for the people even after he's out of office. He's still got to do the corporate interest bidding, like. For example, like, I'm not too surprised that he's giving speeches to Wall Street when he gave Wall Street, like, and just big banks in general and shit like that, like, 13 or 14 trillion dollars in interest-free loans that they will never have to pay back because of the interest-free loans, the bailouts, mm -hmm. you know? Is, uh, and the typical Democrat voter, sadly, doesn't care about that. Like, they're just like, so what? He gave a speech. Hillary did it too. Yeah, that's the fucking problem. Those are like the evil twins, or not the evil twins, but I'd say <laughs> Obama's slightly less evil. Yeah, pro yeah, definitely. <laughs> but so, however, he did manage to somehow still wage war in the Middle East, and you yeah, know, bombed eight countries, dropped twenty thousand bombs. I think the twenty thousand bombs was in one year in 20, 2016. Busy man. Yeah, drone strikes on wedding parties, like. Uh, providing air support in Libya, Syria, um, I believe in Yemen at some point too. There, there was like a list of like seven or eight countries that we were proactively involved in. He's the first president in American history to serve both terms in and leave, like come into a war. Uh, a wartime, and then leave still in wartime. He's the first president to ha be a full-time wartime president in our history. Like, what happened to getting out of Iraq, or, like, closing Guantanamo Bay, or, you know, just any of that? Like, he abandoned a lot of these things. We ended up going, we left largely in Iraq, shipped all those people to Afghanistan. It was like 100,000 people got ourselves back to peak level in Afghanistan, Saw that we had completely fucked up Iraq, which wasn't totally his fault, but we probably left a little too early, you know? Yeah, because they gave rise to all the hardcore yeah. militia groups. <clears throat> and it didn't help that the people that uh, that took over, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy who took over for Saddam Hussein after they had the first elections, he was a genocidal maniac. Like, you know how Islam has, um, uh, like, two forms of Islam? Yeah, Shia and Sunni. Yeah, I can't remember which one dude was, but... He basically went on a fucking war path to eliminate the other half. Yeah. And it was practically a genocide, or an attempt at a genocide. And we were backing him as a country. Even 
I believe, even when Obama was in office. That's a situation that he inherited, and I kind of understand. And it's just a large, it's a bigger argument towards our foreign policy in general. But he basically did the same thing in Libya and in parts of Syria, where we just kind of undermined or directly helped in overthrowing a, uh, a government, uh, it just opened up a vacuum for terrorist groups to exist. Tulsi, back in 2016, was talking about Libya, where she was saying, like, well, since we went in and toppled Gaddafi, they literally shoved a knife up dude's ass. Yeah, I remember seeing the execution video. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, but because of that, more terrorist groups existed there after Gaddafi was killed than any time before. It's the same, it's like the self, what is it, like the self-fulfilling prophecy of just bullshit, like... You're going to create more problems than you solve by being the world's police or by thinking you know better than any other, you know, citizens. The citizens in any country, I believe, strongly, can revolt against their government on their own. It's happened many, many times in the past. What's preventing it from happening now? Yeah. I, I mean, people make arguments about the tanks and the military and, you know, like, technology and shit like that. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to buy a fucking Tesla truck. <laughs> yep. And mount a 50 cal to it. <laughs> <laughs> or just one of those fucking machine guns from, like, Halo. Just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Just almost like a minigun, almost. Just, like, unlimited ammunition. <laughs> no, With shields. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for real, though, like, I, I don't believe in being the world's police. And that's part of my, like, part of my libertarian philosophy actually is that you know I don't believe in and it's sort of a socialist thing too I don't believe in propping up the military industrial complex and being the world's police which is ultimately authoritarian you know like it's the globalists like <laughs> you know we are the globalists and uh, I understand support like mutual aid for other countries and their citizens like for example, I, I don't believe it's wrong for us to send food to people that are starving in Venezuela, but I don't believe that we should be fucking sending drones at, at their president, you know? And I believe that, I'm not 100% sure if it was our drone, but there was a drone that literally blew up like a couple hundred feet in front of dude when he was giving a speech, and he was just like, the fuck was that? Like, huh. You know, that was a couple of years ago. Or might have been like a year or two ago. Anyway, like that's the thing that is better about Tulsi than most other candidates. And I believe Bernie is on the same page that diplomacy is better than waging regime change wars. And people, for some reason, don't understand what regime change wars are, even though they heard President Bush say the word regime like a thousand times in his presidency. You know, the, the Hussein regime or whatever, you know. Now watch this drive. <laughs> <laughs> now watch this drive. Um, and, and it's ultimately ironic that they will paint her as some Russian tool when she's standing up for the same exact things that, well, some of the same exact things and the same words that President Obama said when he ran and he got applause. What did he say? He said he would sit down with any leader in this world to try to avoid war. They're criticizing her for that, saying that she's... Uh, cozying up to dictators and shit. It's just not right. 
Um, just like, um, what's that one video you show me with, uh, on The View or whatever? Or no, uh, that's not The View. Joy, Joy Behar. Yeah, and Megan McCain yeah, and, uh, one. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh. And fucking... All of them. Yeah, uh, so you... fucking brainless. You, you, you had a civil conversation with, uh, Assad. You must be a terrorist type yeah, of shit. Like, oh, you must... Like, they use that for evidence that she's, like, a tool of the Russians or that she's, like... Just doesn't care about the world or something. Well, how much has war helped Syria right now? How many people, millions of people being displaced? You know, how many people have died? Hundreds and hundreds of thousands, probably. You know, I could look it up right now. Um, you pause it. Well, I guess I was a little bit off, you know, only by the margin of a lot. But still, it's up to 14,000 people from our airstrikes and other crossfire, you know, being collateral damage in the, <laughs> in the war that we are funding on multiple sides. Like, we're funding this rebel group and this rebel group, and some of those are linked to Al-Qaeda, and, and some of them were originally just labeled as rebels, even though they were literally ISIS. Um, and... Let's see, I'm going to see how many people were displaced by uh, by the Syrian conflict. How many people displaced by Syrian conflict? 6.5 million people. Uh, the UN estimated that three or 6.5 million people had been displaced within Syria, while more than 3 million had fled to countries such as Lebanon, 1.1 million, Jordan, 600,000, Turkey, 800,000, and some of them have also gone to other like European <coughs> European countries like Germany that have been more open and actually literally set up education centers for the kids and stuff like that. And you know, it it's not a perfect process, but holy fuck, like the whole world has had to pay. That whole side of the world has had to pay for our ignorance. And it's not like some of these countries in Europe aren't assisting us in waging these kinds of wars. It's like we have our thumb on the scale, though. Like, we could totally fuck up their economy if we wanted to. Uh, so it's like get behind us or feel the wrath of the big blue or big red, white, and blue dick. Like, yeah. Star-spangled ding-dongs. Ding <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's the same exact... Uh, policy that Obama and now Trump has continued. It's uh, Pretty much, there's only two people that are against this kind of nonsense. You know, it's pretty much Bernie and Tulsi and whoever the libertarian candidate will be. <laughs> yeah, Bill Weld, yeah, essentially. And, and maybe the Green Party candidate as well. But um, it, it's... Yeah, we, we, you're going to say something about The View where they co they say she's cozying up to dictators and shit. How do we always get stuck on Tulsi? She should be way more rev uh, relevant than, like, you know, than she is. Like, she Yeah, she's definitely the underdog that deserves more praise. You know, I donated myself personally the other day to Andrew Yang, surprisingly, and <laughs> to Tulsi and to Bernie. I donated to Bernie twice because he's my homie, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, but I, I gave them each, like, $3 donations, and I donated twice to Bernie because I saw somebody else's comment where he said, or where this person said, I, you know, Bernie has my vote, I donate if I could, but I can't, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. 
Well, one of Bernie's core messages after coming back from his heart attack was, look around you, you know that person next to you, would you fight for that person? And that's, that's kind of the philosophy for why I donate. I said, I, he said, fight for somebody that you don't know. And I, I took the, the initiative and donated for somebody that I have never met. So that, that's, that was my reason, that was my logic. I was following a, a decent example, I think. Well, you've donated more candidates than I have this year, which is zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not even that I support Yang that much, but I believe that he's talking about an issue that is relevant, which is automation. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, pretty soon the, mach <laughs> the machines are going to take over and it's going to be the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as for Tulsi, I donate to her because, in my opinion, not to delegitimize her campaign for president because... I would be happy with her over any of the other Democrats other than Bernie, but she's been a fucking bulldozer for Bernie, like she and for herself in general, but really for the country. Like how she basically killed, uh, well she called out a bunch of people. Um, I believe she called out Cory Booker, Pete Buttigieg. He's gonna be fucking done soon. He's next with the if if. if the Grim Reaper was real, it'd be Tulsi. She's just knocking on doors and fucking got the hook, and she's just fucking yanking him by the fucking throat. Like, <laughs> just going right for the jugular. You know, Pete got owned in the last debate for saying, basically he said, like, that she was a, a bad politician for um, going to Assad. Oh, here we go that, again. The same talking point. And she's like, so what you just demonstrated is that you are, in fact, a coward. She literally said that. Like, that you would not have the courage to go and sit down with people, adversaries, and friends alike. Even Trump sat down with Kim Jong-un. Yeah, and that's, the, that's what Pete Buttigieg said. He said, uh, as Kamala was going through her list of politicians and past presidents that sat down with, with foreign leaders that were enemies, like Reagan and, and Gorbachev and... Um, uh, Roosevelt with Church, uh, not Churchill, but uh, Stalin, yeah, and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> Pete, Pete Buttigieg interrupted her and was like, like Trump met with Kim, and like half the crowd was like, "Wait, what?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't know what to think. I, I, at least from my perspective on that one, it's like, like even as a far lefty. I'd rather see a president sit down with somebody instead of fucking tweeting that my button is bigger than your button. You know, my nuclear button is bigger than yours. That's something that Donald Trump literally did. Yeah, that was before they actually met up, though, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I'd rather them meet in person, even if they're both fucking stupid, than to just start fucking nuclear war yeah, over, it's, over a tweet. Again, this this kind of this, uh, comes back to, like, our philosophy, our ideology, like this share, this is shared between you and I, I think. But like, for example, Gorbachev or Kim Jong Un, the president, the presidents that did that are saying, okay, well, I don't agree with how you want run your country or the values you instill, but that doesn't mean I have to kill you over it. Yeah. You know, like we can, we may disagree with each other on a lot of things, but we can still at least maintain peace because there's no reason for it. You run your country, I run mine, and we're all good. I still have no problem, though, with, like, subversive methods of, like, trying to 
plant seeds in people's minds, sort of, in North Korea. Like, I don't know if you saw the Vice documentary where they were literally, they just had, like, USB drives full of movies and American media and Western media and stuff to show what the world is like outside of North Korea. And, like, a lot of, they do have, like, computers or TVs that they can plug in, but it's, like, very limited networking. Yeah. But they can plug the shit into the computer, watch these movies, and see, wow, like, that's what the world is like? Like, what the fuck? I'm starving. Like, <laughs> you know, and it plants a seed in their head, like, you know, maybe this system is not as godly as it, as it, we are told to believe and instructed and forced to believe, you know, at the risk of ostracization or uh, a bullet to the fucking head or getting sent to a labor camp. And that's what happens when they get caught with these USB drives, though, you know. Um, unfortunately, but it's a subversive method that is less authoritarian than fucking just overthrowing the government. You're planting the seed in their mind for them to free themselves, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, um... <laughs> North Korea is the ultimate statist authoritarian, and, like, it's like the wrong, it's literally the most wrong form of government because it distorts, like what socialism is to the extreme it's like the most authoritarian socialist country that sucks like i hate that <laughs> yeah well i wouldn't say socialist i say more on full-on communist than anything yeah well yeah pretty much like um i saw one vice video from not the one you're talking about one a different one one of their earlier videos and uh sean the guy who like runs vice where went to north korea and it literally, like, in the subway, it literally looks like 1950s Soviet Union or Soviet Russia. You have guards standing in the subway. You have guards standing on the sidewalks. You have guards, you know, at buildings. So it looks just like Soviet Russia under Stalin, which is fucked you know, up. You know, the United States has, like, a mixed economy. There are socialist elements directly, you know, mm -hmm. and then there's... Uh, just the market economy, but we have a mixed market economy. Look at Vietnam. We went to war there, lost to a bunch of people that lived in the fucking ground and in tents and shit, and uh, kind of the same thing happened in Afghanistan, to be honest. But um, they were, what was it? It wasn't like they were going to be like full communists, I don't think, but socialism was lumped in with communism. Right now, they have the 45th largest economy in the world by... Uh, measured by nominal gross domestic product, or the GDP, and 33rd, 33rd largest in the world as measured by purchasing power party. So they have a mixture of socialism and capitalism, and that's what allowed them to thrive. That's pretty much all I'm advocating for in this country. Yeah, it seems to me that like socialism versus com communism is straight up just everything is... There's no free market whatsoever. The government is in complete control of there's markets. There's no concept of property. Yeah, there's no concept of property. It is the collective. The collective owns it, the government. Yeah. Whereas in socialism, there's still free markets. A, a, a person can still start up a factory, but they don't they receive the up, profits from it. That goes back to the workers. Them they, and the they workers. They don't receive the full profits. Although in social, like, like with Bernie... And me, for example, I just don't believe that certain things should... All right, like the healthcare industry. We've talked about that a bunch of times now. Mm -hmm. Like, there shouldn't be 30 million people without insurance in this country because 
uh, they get denied for something stupid like a pre-existing condition or they're unable to pay the high prices. Mm -hmm. um, I remember in one of our one of our own like personal debates, I'm not sure if it was on the show, uh, but there's something like, all right, there's like six six or seven major like insurers in this country, but there's like thousands of actual insurance companies that you can supplement your insurance with. So the, the, the big ones have a monopoly and they profit every time they deny somebody's treatment that is paying for their insurance or they only pay for part of it. Right, because if you pay your month, your um, your premium or whatever every two weeks or every month or whatever, yeah. or whenever you get paid, um, then they still get that money, but they can still deny you the, the, the health care. The, so they still get their money no matter what. That's the problem with having capitalism be in certain areas of public interest, in my opinion. You know, um, I mean, there's other examples, but that's like the big one for me. Uh, or, or another good example is like private prisons. Like that is clearly something that people are ex being exploited and literally becoming slaves mm -hmm. for the market, for some rich ass dude. And it's not even helping the state. It's like, well, it is by creating jobs, but uh, those CEOs could work at a regular public prison. And also, we should probably close down some of these prisons. We have more prisons. I believe Wisconsin has like 33 fucking prisons. Yeah. You know, like imagine how many there are in California or just Texas. Yeah. It's a, uh, <laughs> oh my God, the amount of prisons in Texas has got to be astronomical. So, for the state of Texas, there are 17 state jails, 14 directly, and 3 through private contractors, and 16 counties throughout the state. Uh, in Florida, um, let's see, or I mean, uh, in uh, Wisconsin, 37 prisons. Let's put this in perspective. We have, like, what's maybe 5, 6 million people in this state? Yeah. Way less popular than Texas, I'm willing to, to yeah. bet. Um, and California. Yeah. California has 33 prisons. 33 prisons, state prisons. Um, and Wisconsin is currently at a record level for incarcerated people. So they actually, even our Democratic governor, um, is trying to like close down a children's center, you know, like a, like a DT or juvenile detention or whatever. He's trying to close one of those down. Make it into a, like another minimum security prison for people that are like addicts and stuff like that, or you know, just that need help. Like I understand, but like, why aren't you addressing the real fucking problem? The government overreach and telling people what to do, and not just regulating drugs or something, or just decriminalizing it, but like providing the resources instead of to those prisons to people that can actually help these people, or to to ideas and programs that can actually help these people live more functional lives. It's just common sense to me. You're, you're just, you're putting literally like a, a, a band-aid on a fucking tank wound, like a fucking tank shell. Like, yeah. you're just like, you're, you're bleeding entirely from the stomach. Just a little band-aid, you'll be fine, rub some dirt in it. Like, it's counterintuitive. Also, Wisconsin has the highest probation slash parole revocation rate as well. Yeah, every year about 
two to three thousand people get revoked even without any new charges or corroborating information mm -hmm. because the courts are not it's not even the courts most of the time it's literally a, the probation officer the probation officer and if you go to a revocation hearing where your probation can be your community supervision can be revoked meaning they don't trust you they just want to throw you in the prison um, basically your um, you're sitting in front of uh, your probation officer and uh, your attorney any witnesses that you bring forth any uh, witnesses that your probation officer brings forth such as police officers or um, hypothetical victims of whatever your violation was and an ALJ so you don't even need an actual witness to be in there it's not like it's not operated under normal court rules where hearsay is inadmissible hearsay even it's just as good as solid evidence yep, to them like somebody could say that you you know did something terrible and that's good enough they don't even have to be there. Your probation officer doesn't even have to cite evidence that this person even exists. Um, the police officer can make something up, and there's no accountability. Uh, furthermore, the, the odds are stacked against you because obviously the ALJ works for the, the DOC, and the DOC is for the state against the people. So the odds are stacked against you. You don't have any of the power when you're a marginalized person, whether you're a person of color or just a typical white person who had, you know, just maybe you were speeding, maybe you got into a car accident or something, and or you just lost control of your car. Well, they can suspect you of being under the influence of anything, and that's good enough for you to get revoked. Mm -hmm. Even if you passed a drug test, or in my case, even if you literally had fingerprint evidence proving that you never touched said contraband. I still got revoked. You know, the, the power is willed, uh, wielded against the people. And it's not for the people. Oh, that's what I call statism. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so, um, if it's all right with you, Matt, um, we, we can start talking about um, what being libertarian means to us and our forms of government. Um, why don't you go ahead and start with you, and then we'll go to me. All right, so my idea of libertarianism is sort of in line with... All right, most libertarians do have things in common, um, whether they're left or right. But a lot of the right-wing ones, in my opinion, like... And the left goes the other way, too. Like, they, they hate each other for not understanding each other in some ways. But basically, individual freedom... Right? I, I believe the lefties, um, you know, they want more of a social, uh, local demo, uh, democracy that is socialist in nature. Um, and you get to the same place, but for a completely different, or you get to a different place, but for the same reason on the right. So on the right, it's like capitalist and local democracy being the strongest, you know. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, for me, it's like, yeah, I don't believe in telling people that unless they're, like, clearly mentally ill, that they shouldn't own a gun, uh, that they shouldn't do a drug if it's not harming anybody else, that they should respect one another, um, you know, their personal uh, property, stuff like that. I believe on the left, 
that um, with a more localized economy and politics in general, that you are going to uplift people. I believe that democracy is its most direct and most functional and less uh, the least flawed at a local level. That's where you have the most likely uh, success of instilling your principles or being heard. Yeah, because how, how is some asshole in Washington, D.C. going to know what's best for you? Yep, exactly. So, um, so my, my, my ideal form, you know, obviously I support Bernie Sanders for president, but my ideal form of government is a more local, direct democracy, workers kind of owning the means of production, um, you know, like, like uh, what's that company? Wood, is it Woodman's or Sendix? Like the you get a, 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 a stocks from working there. I believe it's Woodman's. Yes. Yeah. Like, um, you know, just something like that. Um, just, but mainly about individual freedom. I don't believe in telling somebody uh, what uh, what to think. Uh, you can put social pressures, but that's at worst coercion. That's not a, that's not force. You know. Like, you can say, like, well, I disagree with you because you're a fucking Nazi. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But you're not saying, like, well, I want to fucking kill you because you're a Nazi. <laughs> like, we should completely just have thought control, thought crimes. I'm against that kind of thing. So that's what sort of my libertarianism is for me. Uh, um, would you keep any type of form of federal government, you know, military, the politicians, um... The Department of Justice, that kind of stuff, or would you get rid of that? Um, when it comes to the federal government as a whole, I think that the Founding Fathers did have a, a good idea about the role of the federal government, meaning that it's just there to oversee, to make sure that everybody is kind of being treated mm -hmm. fairly, but I don't believe that they should be, like, telling every state what to do. And, and it, it's kind of complicated when you get to the Supreme Court, you know, the uh, uh, dictating what is law and how things are determined or, you know, things like that. Like, like for example, if there was a state that, um, that tried to just pass something that went against the, the Constitution, well, you know, like pretty directly, like just banning the Second Amendment or banning certain guns, well, now it goes to a judge that, or to a group of judges that can say that, you know, it's constitutional because of this, and they, they are determining what the law is or what the scope of the law is uh, based on the Constitution, but it can be skewed. Um, so, if anything, I, if, if I really, truly could, I think we would need to have, if we were going to have a federal government, we would need to have a new constitutional... Um, a new... Uh, new uh... Constitutional convention. Yep. And a whole new Congress, probably, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it would be easier if for libertarian socialism, you had, okay, well, more so of the definitely social liberties and social rules, like you cannot uh, discriminate against people for their color, their skin, their ethnicity. Or, or their sexual orientation yeah. or identity. Um, you can't violate the Second Amendment, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then as long as... The social values are pretty easy to enforce because I think uniformly everybody agrees on them. 
It's, um... I think a large part of what would need to happen, too, is if we had a constitutional convention, that there would be at least some fucking framework regarding science and logic. Like, because Neil deGrasse Tyson said this, that a government is supposed to act objectively. Right? Yes, not... Based on, yeah. Based on objective truths and do what is in the best interest of the people. There are clear examples, like in 2017, where the FDA, or the... Uh, the DEA labeled K2 as less dangerous than marijuana. Like, synthetic marijuana being less dangerous than marijuana. Do you know how ludicrous that shit is? For years and years and years, they've been reporting about K2 giving people seizures, literally turning them into fucking, like, zombies for, like, you know, a couple hours where they fucking just snap. Like, they're... <laughs> not like zombies, like, where they're eating people, but... Holy fuck. Almost brain dead. Yeah. It's... It's crazy because they, they're they not basing that on science. Uh, same thing with what happened under Nixon and Reagan where they pumped fucking like pounds and pounds of smoke into a fucking monkey's lungs with a face mask and then said, uh, well, he died. He must be killing brain cells. Like, that's not science. You know, um, that's where that myth came from about, well... I'm not going to say it's a full myth, but that's where they came to the wrong conclusion for the wrong reasons from, was literally killing the monkeys mm. and then saying... Deprivation of oxygen. Yeah. Oh, it kills brain cells. We may still kill brain cells, but you produce new brain cells anyway. Mm. Uh, the only thing that... Uh, the only side effect I've seen from, like, marijuana uh, when it comes to your brain's anatomy is that you have reduced gray matter. But it also shows that with the reduced gray matter, your brain actually ends up using what is there more, um, uh, not conservatively, but like... Sufficiently? Sufficiently, yes. Uh, e efficiently, yeah. Um, like, that's that's pretty much the scope of it. But when it, when it comes to the, the federal government, I it's tricky because I don't want somebody to be discriminated against in one state and not in another without, like, I don't believe in telling people, like, well, if you don't like how it is here, you should fucking move. Like, no, we should have respect for our neighbors. Like, unless they're fucking burning a cross in their front yard, and they, they got a person tied up right next to it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think um, the, the federal government can serve useful if it, if it protects values that everybody solely agrees on. That's one of the dangers if we did have a new constitutional convention. Who's writing it? Who's deciding who these representatives are? You and me, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, for real. But there would be people on my side, or, you know, the left or the center left or whatever, because I kind of think the further left you go, and you're not, like, above the authoritarian median or whatever, like, you're kind of more open to the left arming itself and Americans in general against a tyrannical government or against each other, enemies foreign and domestic, you know? Uh, and I, I, I could understand, like, um, just concerns about that kind of thing. Like, I don't want a bunch of anti-gun or anti-science fucking quacks getting into um, the government. <laughs> uh, just... I mean, they may be well-intended, but they're authoritarian or just fucking ignorant. Uh, and that's painting with a broad brush, I know, but that's, like, that would be my concern.
with having a new constitutional convention. All right, so for me, the the libertarian capitalist or right libertarian or original libertarian. Um, you do seem more center right, though. Yeah, I'm basically where Milton Friedman is. So I'll get to that here in a second about the two different economic schools and how they hate each other. Well, don't hate each other, but so on a basic level. Um, pretty much the same as Matt. Um, I'm going to wear a little bit differently. To me, libertarianism is living by your own values as long as you don't coerce or harm anybody and don't enforce your values upon anybody else that doesn't agree with them. Um, so See, that, that I, I have one thing to say. Like There is a difference between coercion and force because coercion... Like I saw on, on the, the Being Libertarian website, there was a guy who wrote... I mean, he's a libertarian. He's on a right-wing libertarian website. He said, taxation is not theft, it's coercion. Yeah, there's... I'll, okay, I'll, I'll tackle this issue right now. So, there's... For those of you who don't know, there's two different types of right-aisle libertarianism. There's, there's me, the regular libertarians, which are monarchists. Monarchism is the same thing as a night watchman state. You can look it up. But, um, like, we believe that the government... If any government at all should exist, it should be, you know, police, military, um, ambulances, and the fire department. Uh, some others will extend it or lower it, but that, just to give you a general rule of thumb. And then there's, this is also has to do with the two different schools, which I'll get into here in a second. Then there's the anarcho-capitalist, the Ayn Rand, and the Mary Rothbard guys <laughs> and they they think that their views are that any form of government um the mere existence of the state is immoral in of, in and of itself so kind of like I, i'm assuming anarcho-communists think the same way but i, I can't be too sure because i don't know much about them but um where it splits off is there's the Chicago School of Economic Guys, so that'd be like Milton Friedman, and then there's the Austrian School of Economics, which would be like Lud Ludwig uh, von Mises. So, people in the Mil the Chicago School believe in progressive taxation, and people in the Austrian School do not believe in any kind of progressive taxation. They believe basically no taxes whatsoever. If anything, they should they if they do believe in taxes, they think it should be across the board. Flat tax. Yeah, flat tax. Um, so, so the government would be forced to live within its means and just be supposedly fair to everybody across the board. Yes, exactly. And whereas hypothetically, whereas know. Milton Freeman says, okay, well, we need a progressive tax, you know, form, you know, like how it is now, you know, the more money you have in income, the more you get taxed, just like how it is now. So, anyway, under... One, oh. one, th one thing. Right now, for the first time in American history, the poor people are actually paying more in total taxes. In taxes, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, um, and in many cases, a higher percentage in taxes. Um, I have seen the, uh, in, in, an interesting graph that uh, shows... And this is recent data as well. I'll have, to, I'll have to find it for you. But there is the middle class is, yes, it's disappearing. 
But at the same time, the middle class is also shooting up into the level above it, which doesn't seem like it is, but this is, I guess, empirical data. Um, anyway, let me get into my uh, form of government. So I'm a monarchist, like Milton Friedman and the regular libertarian capitalists. Um, I believe that the state should exist very minimally for ambulance, fire department, um, military, and police. Um, now, on the federal level, military, yes, and then the, D the Department of Justice to say, hey, these are the constitutional rights. These cannot be infringed in, in any way possible. Uh, these are the common core values that the American people in all states live by. And they will do that to make sure, they will theoretically try to make sure that those are not infringed upon. Now, on, I'm kind of with Matt here on the local level stuff, and I do think local level is more successful, but um, it would be if, say, for example, here in Wisconsin, Wisconsin decides, okay, well, this whole monarchism thing isn't working out for us. Um, we don't want to take part in paying taxes for the military, the courts, the police, yada, yada, yada. If we need any of that, we'll come together and we'll pay somebody to do it for us. I believe they should have every right to do that. And, just, and like, let's say Wyoming wants to become an anarcho-communist state. I believe they should fully be able to do that as long as they still live by the same social values, you know, like, you know, raping is bad, murder is bad, um, you know, theft is bad. Gulags are bad. Gulags are very bad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think that people in their own state should be able to make, via local democracy, make the, make the decision on what type of social and economic laws they have. I see no problem with it. Um... So that's kind of my whole take. I would also, I would have some, a bit of socialized medicine for people that are mentally or physically handicapped and for elderly, elderly people that are extremely sick, you know, that have, you know. Yeah, I don't believe that, like, all right, like nursing homes, for example, like, if you can't afford a nursing home, but you're on Medicare, they can take your property to pay for it. <coughs> you know, that's not right. Like, what about your family? You're leaving nothing for them. The government is literally seizing your only means of value. So, and I, I believe, personally, that the older people, the people that literally can't work because they're too old or they're mentally ill or whatever, there should be a safety net for them. That yes. Isn't, that isn't, um, I mean... That that is literal theft. <laughs> yeah, literal government theft. That's about like I can understand that because like they're old, they have both their legs missing, or yeah. they're blind, or though know, they're autistic or mentally <laughs> retarded, you know. Yeah, then it's it's not their fault they were born that way. Um, but say for example, now this is where I kind of teeter on anarcho-capitalism. I sometimes sit on the fence with it, but like. Let's say, you know, we have a monarchist federal government, but let's say Wisconsin decides, oh, we're going to do this ANCAP thing. We're going to try it out. Um, 
there is nothing wrong with a bunch of people in the state saying, in the community saying, oh, we're going to get together and we're going to voluntarily set up a charity to make sure that these people are taken care of. Um, if that does not happen, then a monarchist um, government could step in and um, say, okay, well, these people, you know, they have no one to take care of them. They're physically, mentally disabled. They, they need help. Now, I would propose that people in that state that where that's happening, they would have to be the ones paying instead of, you know, some guy in fucking the people in California. I feel as though if people saw that their money was going to someone locally in their state, they may be a little more um, happy about it. You know what I mean? So that's how I would tackle that. And, you know, there's all different kinds of arguments on how that could be implemented, if it should be implemented at all, yada, yada, yada. Uh, anarcho-capitalists, like serious anarcho-capitalists, think back to the taxation is theft slash taxation is coercion. I, I have a question for hmm. you. Um, do you think if an, uh, anarcho-capitalism uh, can pay as little as possible, like that it is exploitation or... or um, coercion based on how people say that work is voluntary like I voluntarily work for a company that I don't enjoy working for right now like like that's just an example or um, just in certain working conditions like you're voluntary working uh, would unions be able to exist in that kind of system I believe I believe unions should exist um, I think there's nothing wrong with the people a group of people coming together under an employment contract and saying, hey, we believe we're not being treated fairly and Especially here's our in offer. fields where you need to meet certain qualifications to get that job in general. Yeah, um, I have no problem with that. And this is kind of, um, the only problem I have with it is government stepping in and saying, oh, well, you have to give in to their demands because they're a union. Yeah. And that's the only part I, I have a problem with. As long as they can come to an agreement voluntarily, then there's no problem. And what was the first part of your question? I'm, I'm uh, sorry. Do you think if anarcho-capitalism could, like, like say, an anarcho-capitalist economy, they can, the employer can offer a low-ball price, but it's still better than other jobs? Um, do you think that is a form of exploitation or coercion? Because they are saying that, like, nobody works for a job involuntarily. You know, I hear that a lot from people. Like, you willingly took that job, so, like, they don't owe you anything. So, okay. After. Like, so it kind of involves a minimum wage. Okay, so, kind of like, um, um, hold on. Okay, sorry about that, folks. I had to figure out what Matt was exactly asking. But, here's my thing. If, if a place is paying really low wages and it's completely unacceptable if if it's that unacceptable for the work that has to be done then for that what, company to exist for that cup for that company to exist then i don't believe the government should step in and punish that company i believe it should basically evolve into darwinism like economic darwinism if people realize oh man i have to do so much work for so little pay fuck that then two things are going to happen. That place is going to go out of business or 
they're going to have to start paying people higher wages in order to stay in business. Yeah, so there's market kind of coercion there. Um, do you believe that like people at McDonald's should have like a union? If they want to have a union, sure, why the hell not? All right, I'm down with that. I'm totally fine with people, like I said, if people want to come together and say, hey, listen, Mr. Owner of this business, I feel that we all feel that you're not paying us enough. Can, let's sit down and talk this out. And that's I'm perfectly 100% in support of that. Yeah. What I don't support, like I said, is the government say, coming in and saying, oh, well, you have to you have to do this because they are a union or blah, 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 blah. Yeah. The only time I feel like the state government should have a stake in any of the union stuff is where they are state workers, county workers, and stuff like that, where they're doing projects for the state. So, like, for example, what I learned in the prison system was that um, the state workers don't have a union because Scott Walker gutted that. You know, he basically took away their collective bargaining rights. Yeah. And further eroded their rights as a as employees of the state by passing the right to work law, which made it so that way people in unions had to pay union dues for everybody to get um, the union benefits without those people being forced to be in the union. Or yeah, you know, this happened in my last job. There was people who didn't pay their union dues, but were still protected by the union. Um, so I, I, I get a sense of that firsthand in my last job. Um, it doesn't seem right. Yeah. So here's my thing. If I think you should be able to allow, you should be able legally to come into a new job, and if you don't want to be a part of the union, then that's fine. They'll pay union dues, but you don't get any protection from the union. I think that's totally fine. But if you want to be part of the union, then... You should... If you want to receive those benefits, you should mm -hmm. be a part of the system that keeps it in place. So... You'll have to I, I feel that's the fairest way possible. Yeah. If, if you don't want to be part of the union, then... more than just state workers or, you know, like, police officers or whatever. <laughs> but, um, like, teachers, you know. Like, a lot of teachers, they, they make a, a decent amount of money. Like, but not... To the point where they're fucking way more well off than me. For example, I don't I think know it's like forty or fifty k a year a teacher makes, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure. I think the average is like somewhere between thirty and, and like forty five or something. Okay, like okay, that. I was somewhat close. And it depends on your tenure and all that, and the benefits that are not counted, uh, like health insurance and stuff like that, like coverage through the state and the county. But another thing. Um, like, they spend a lot of their own money on on what would, I guess, be called overhead costs, you know? Yeah, like school supplies, yeah, pencils. Like because there is a lack of funding for, or or maybe the funding that is there is being just wasted in some ways. I can understand, like, levels of concern about that. But teachers are constantly buying pencils, paper, you know, all kinds of stuff like that for their students that can't afford it on their own. There are certain things that I feel like if you're going to have a state education system or a county education system, that should be uh, provided and that you shouldn't force um, or put the burden on the, on the people that are doing the educating itself. Yeah. And um, so as far as like uh, teaching everything, well, let me put it this way. So... <laughs> Some people may not like to hear this, but I would definitely get rid of um, the FDA for one because the FDA 
Um, what the FDA does is says, okay, well, we're not going to allow this drug into the country because we've seen that it has, you know, bad effects on people in Europe. Thank God for the FDA, right? And what's wrong about that, in my opinion, is, yes, the FDA does, you know, limit what can come in here. But for one, the what's to prevent someone somewhere like ecstasydad.org, a privately owned website or in, and laboratory, from going out there and testing these drugs, you know, someone buys it from Europe, whatever, says, hey, test this for me and tell me what, what's actually in it. They find something toxic, they'll report it back, you know, word of mouth. Um, but another thing, too, is the FDA. With the FDA, you have, if you're an FDA guy, you have two choices. You either approve early and it could be total disaster, or you approve late and either avoid disaster or avoid a drug coming into the country that could have helped many people. Yeah, same thing with like generic drugs. Like this is this should be a fucking dagger in Cory Booker's fucking throat in my opinion when it comes to this policy position. But Bernie introduced a bill that um, would have allowed people to import drugs from Canada that are generic versions and cheaper prices mm -hmm. than what we pay here for the same exact drug. Even the generic drug. Um, he, Cory Booker voted against that. And then he caught a whole bunch of backlash on his social media, everything. And everybody called him out for being corrupt. And uh, the next, like, two weeks later, they held another vote, and he ended up voting for it because he felt that pressure. Exactly. Uh, and the, the FDA, and just like politicians in general, when it comes to big money in politics and unlimited donations to your campaigns from super PACs and big corporate interests, you're, it's too prone to corruption. That's why I feel democracy works best at a local level. Um, with with that being said, um, uh, what was the drug being important? Insulin was it? Uh, insulin is one. There's cancer treatments. There's all okay. Kinds of this is another problem the FDA poses: monopoly. Yep. Um, when only one type of insulin is approved by the FDA, only that insulin. Or the EpiPen, yes. Only that brand of EpiPen or insulin can be produced, but only that one manufacturer, thus creating a monopoly on it. If you get rid of the FDA, you can allow all these other drugs to come in, all these generic versions, off-brand versions. Therefore, comp there's more competition. More competition equals lower prices. And then, uh, sorry, I take a little bathroom break there, everybody, but... Uh, also, I forgot to mention, with the federal government, with my former government, um, I would have it so that there's a a ceiling that a, a, a max amount of money that a politician can be paid. And it would be much lower than what they are now. And I would also propose that they would have to pay for their own health insurance or their own medical care it's instead not, of us paying for them. It's not fair that the politicians get universal health care coverage they, as they rail on about how bad socialized medicine is. <laughs> yeah, and they get it for fucking free. They get everything. Yeah, it's bullshit. They get, they get socialized medicine while taking the money from insurance companies that tell them to say, no, socialized medicine is bad, yet fucking... You know, people not hating on Ruth Bader Ginsburg here, but she's getting uh, government-funded health care. She's going to live to be fucking like 90-something because of it. 
if she can fucking not fall, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or break a rib or get sick, etc. But still, she's going to be taken care of better than the guy that's living out on the street who doesn't have... Or, I mean, that the guy that's living paycheck to paycheck and paying fucking $200 a month for a company that might turn him down for the same treatments that he would need, you know, for whatever his issue is. Um, I, uh, you had another question for me, I think. Uh, I don't know if... Uh, did you ask it? About the... the the police thing? Yeah, uh, okay, so his question is, um... Oh, no, no, it wasn't really a question. It was just more of a contribution to what my idea of, uh, libertarian socialism would be like in my, or, or my, my ideal government. Um, you know, like I said, everything seems to work more effectively at a, at a local level. Uh, or hypothetically it should. Clearly there are, uh, criminal justice issues that are not being, um... Uh, you know, um, like done in a right way. So for example, like I think like police departments, uh, should be local community policing. I think that's something that left and right libertarians believe is that yes, absolutely. your, your police forces should reflect the, the population and be like, you should be familiar with who you're, uh, serving and protecting. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, in my form of, I'm probably in our form of government, if you wanted to get with a bunch of guys and say, hey, listen, um, you know, the community's, this neighborhood's going to pay us X amount of money and we're going to get some guns and we're just going to patrol the neighborhood. We'll take different mm -hmm. shifts. That way, everyone knows everyone and everyone knows that, okay, these guys are going to, you know, protect the values that I keep dear to my heart. Um I think that should be an absolute possibility for... I think that would decrease the level of state violence. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I also said that uh, basically police departments and criminal justice issues should be handled at a local level other than a full-blown you know, terrorist attack or hate. And I believe that hate crimes, for example, can be tried on both a federal and a state level because... What if one is more corrupt than the other and just or more biased than the other? Exactly. Checks and balances like the Founding Fathers had. The states keep the federal government in check and the federal government keeps the states in check. Yeah. Um, I would have some sort of amendment added to the Bill of Rights uh, concerning states' rights that they should be able to build an anarcho-communist community if they wanted to or any type of community as long as everything that is going on is voluntary and agreed to and there's no actual violence, you know. Um, one thing, if I could change one thing about our our Bill of Rights, or I mean our uh, the original Bill of Rights, it, it seems like sound on its own, like the first whatever amendments. But when we got to the Thirteenth Amendment, uh, I believe they changed it after Abraham Lincoln died, obviously, because slavery had not been actually abolished legally, but um, basically, the 13th Amendment says that you can be, or that slavery is hereby abolished unless a uh, penalty for a crime. I think that needs to be completely, we need to get rid of the 13th Amendment and rewrite it and add it to it later. You know, there are amendments that have been fucking canceled, like the Prohibition uh, Amendment to the Constitution where they banned alcohol sales. I don't know if yeah. you know that, but that was actually a constitutional amendment. Yeah. And then they fucking got rid of it. Um, um, same same basic process if we can't modify the 13th Amendment. Um, I would also, 
add, if I had the power to, I would add an amendment constitution on the first day of me being in office that says, you can put whatever drug or chemical you choose to, whatever you want in your body, and it is not against the law. If you want to smoke meth, smoke meth. And if you want to smoke weed, smoke weed. If you want to have an abortion, have an abortion. And um, I would add that as, a, as an actual right in the Constitution. That way there's no ifs, ands, or buts that's, about that's it. It's kind of one of those, well, I don't know about the, the drug part, but when it comes to abortion, that's something that Bernie is actually trying to do. So mm -hmm. that way it's not just protected by a case law, because a case law can be overturned by another subjective court, like yeah. the Supreme Court right now. It can be interpreted differently. Yes, it can be um, skewed because the... The, the courts right now is a conservative majority, so if they wanted to, they could overrule Roe versus Wade because some some Republican state government passed a bill uh, into law and it bans abortions entirely, like those fucking crazy ass states in the South did, where they yeah basically Alabama said, right uh, there's a couple of them um, where you can be the doctor is subject to a crime um, like murder uh, the woman is subject to murder um if you are out of state lines um you can still be prosecuted and extradited for uh conspiracy to commit murder like that's insane yeah that is insane like from this is how libertarian i am like besides <laughs> of course with rape and shit you know and women getting pregnant by the rapist or incest or things like that like it was just this is how libertarian I am. If a woman is having an abortion because she realizes that she can't afford to have the baby, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I'm so libertarian that I don't believe I should enforce my morals onto her. Exactly. That's why I like I, I, I can get along with more of libertarians regardless of where they are on the political spectrum. Yeah. They they seem to be more like in some in some cases, except for the straight and caps, just more reasonable. When it comes to things, you know, they're just the level of anti-authoritarianism is something admirable on some level. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think, I mean, I have to give the ANCAP some credit, though. They they are willing to work with monarchists, and I think they're also willing to work with the left because, at least on the social scale, get the government yeah. fucking out of people's lives, telling what out they can't out of their bedrooms, like. Let gay couples get married, let people have abortions, let people smoke their drugs, and, you know, it's just, it's none of their fucking, it's none of the government's fucking business. This might be slightly authoritarian of me, but I believe that, like, so long as you aren't harming another person with said ingestion of drugs, like, obviously I can understand on some level, like, if you're addicted to a drug... And then you get pregnant, and then it's hard as fuck for you. There's no resources available for you to get off the drug, or you just don't try. Like, I don't know. That's like a questionable, like yeah, situation. like the baby's life is in um, yeah, like I don't is wanna, in question now. Yeah, like now I don't I don't want to be an authoritarian on that level. But like when you have a child four or five years old, or even just born in general, and you continue to use drugs and put your kids at risk of certain situations and exploitation sex trafficking at some point when they hit puberty to fuel your addiction or where you literally make your kid take your medication, get sick, just so that way they can get a prescription for the same drug to feed your addiction. And you, uh, Basically, that's Munchausen syndrome. That's what happened to Eminem. Like, yeah, uh, 
Children is the one thing I don't compromise on because, you know... It's like the slightly authoritarianism thing that I have. But it's, it's protecting someone who's a minor that doesn't understand the way the world works they and it has doesn't have a fully developed brain they're you know? not making their own choices yes and so if you literally are taking your kid to like a fucking extremely dangerous area or along with you when you're pulling tricks as you prostitute or something for drugs or something like that like i don't necessarily believe that you should be able to do that um without any kind of repercussion and at the same time, it's like, I don't have a solution for that either. Yeah, I think that um, either the government, th- th- I consider that more of a police uh, a police issue because, you know, it, like the way it is there now. There be some kind of like at least resources for those children because a lot of people end up going into the foster care system and they get fucking lost in the system. They mm-hmm. don't ever have a fucking sound home. They end up being mentally ill, depressed, suicidal, homicidal. Like, they end up just with a, with no structure in their life at all. And it all started because of their parent. Um, not, I'm not blaming them for not being able to get off the drug or whatever, but, like, there needs to be resources to help people get off of drugs. There needs to be resources for the cases where the behavior is continued and those children can have, you know, a structure. There, I, I fully uh, praise people that you know, take in children and adopt them as their own. But foster homes, for example, are just notoriously terrible. They can be run by pedophiles, for all we know, and and they coerce the kids. Like, have you ever seen that? (laughs) Terrible example, probably, but if you've ever seen that movie Like Mike with Little Bow Wow where he lived in a fucking foster home and, like, the dude was, like, the, the, the head of the home, like, the father figure, was a fucking bully, a menace. Like that happens in real life. Yeah, I believe it absolutely. Um, that that yeah, that's a, I even think about that one. That's a good one. Um, what what do you exactly do? Do you subsidize some type of program, you know, and, and to make sure that the children are safe? Do you rely on a tight knit community under this this form of government where theoretically more people are in tune with each other i think at the very least every community should have a set amount set aside and that could be dictated by the state government or something you know it's still more local than the federal government but there should be at least some uh thing they're dictating that you should uh if you're taking in a child you should be able to you know take care of it uh, or him or her, and furthermore, maybe authoritarian here, but for the better case of the child, what that money can be spent on, like clothing, children's clothing in particular, or sh- uh, food for the child, or whatever, like kind of like SNAP benefits works, where people who are on SNAP, they can only get like cereal or milk. Yeah, you can't buy any pre-cooked not, food. Yeah, like you're not... You're not going into, um, you're not buying Burger King with it. I mean, you're not buying alcohol with it, or you're not, there, there should be certain regulations there, I think. But that's kind of getting towards, even with that level of authoritarianism, it's not like fucking like top of the fucking political compass authoritarianism where you're just the equivalent of the left-wing version of like a fascist, you know, like where you're just controlling 
every single thing. A communist? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's... It's within reason. I think there are certain levels of of uh, just things that... Because the government is supposed to do what's best for the people in general. Like, or at least reflect the way yeah. people. Yeah, and government's and also a way for people to get together and do things that we couldn't do on our own. Especially the most vulnerable people among us. Yes. Such Actually, people. using that same logic from earlier, that would fall under the same category as taking care of the people that are mentally and physically handicapped yep. and the very sick and elderly. Yep. So, um, but also here's the thing too with having a non-interventionist military and government, having politicians uh, pay uh, uh, wages scaled back by a ton and getting rid of the DEA, getting rid of Just wasteful. the FDA, all these wasteful government programs. Yeah, at the very, very, very least install, if you're going to have a form of those things, at least have them more ethical and more legally bound to fit those ethics. Mm. You know, like if the FDA, for example, is populated by people that own Monsanto, which it probably is. Um, they're going to be very biased and subjective to who, the, which yeah. drugs they let in. Yeah. Or, or food, um, you know, what is deemed safe and what is not. And uh, I forgot to say this before, but when it comes to, like, teachers, uh, when we were talking about teachers' <laughs> wages and stuff, like, I'm pretty sure, um, you know, a lot of teachers, like, they make money, but they can't live with what they're making. So I have to give props to Bernie for proposing a $60,000 minimum wage for teachers because that makes sure that, even if they have to do some more of that overhead cost themselves, they can still live comfortably. Right, right. Um, no, but, I, I think... Yeah, with, the, with the FDA and shit like that, like if they're not, if, if they are going to exist, they should at least be more ethical, more direct, more transparent. Then would you, would you consider, like, with if that were a thing, would the people, like average citizens, have to keep, like an up check on them or would there have to be pretty much but there would the first step to that is getting rid of like this is another example of why the supreme court is sometimes terrible they said that corporations are basically people and corporate money is free speech mm -hmm. you know so and same thing with super PACs like you you can donate to a super PAC namelessly and it could be all corporations unlimited amounts of money but yet people like you and me we can only put like like maybe twenty five hundred dollars towards a political candidate, whereas a super PAC, they can fucking put hundreds of millions if they wanted to. Yeah, um, um, I would. Um, you gotta get you gotta get rid of these fucking like those kind of laws. You gotta overturn Citizens United, which is what protects that kind of thing and rigs the economy and the 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 government against the people. I um, my whole thing with like um. The reason why I would rather stay with no FDA and no DEA and no ATF is because if you that if those things don't exist and all that then then that's more money in the citizen's pocket. Yeah, um, I hear you on that one. So I understand your I, I'm concern. I'm just playing though. like devil's advocate on Devil, that. Okay, okay. It's not that like I want the FDA to like really be there like saying like don't eat this fucking food like it's just not approved. Don't take this drug. It's not approved. If you are dying and you can get this, a certain medicine that has been tried somewhere else that is successful, 
You should have every, every right you to do have it. every right to do that. It comes down to a, a simple libertarian philosophy where you're doing no harm to somebody else. Yep. If you do harm to yourself, then you took that risk there, and you knew the there, consequences. There are, there are risks of exploitation from the David Wolfs of the world, you know, where it's like, if you wear this thing, like this wristband, um, your chakras will be aligned or something and you'll, yeah. you'll live a healthier life. Or the famous example of somebody wearing his wristband watch or whatever, which was supposed to like scare away sharks when they get too close to you, fucking dying of a fucking... A shark know, attack. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, something can be done about that kind of thing, but at the same time, when it comes to treatments and you're a terminal fucking patient, you should have every right to try whatever you want to save your life voluntarily. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, um, that's pretty much – that was a bit of a longer one than Matt's. Uh, I had a lot to uh, spell, to explain there. But, um, yeah, that's basically my system of government. <laughs> and well, well, it, it's it's – Pretty hard. I'm, I'm, I know a lot of people that listen to our podcast. Our, our podcast are on the left, so I may seem completely radical, but like I'm actually pretty moderate for a libertarian. You know, yeah, and I try to tell people like when I make videos promoting us and stuff, I'm like please don't fear the word libertarian because I, I even sent you this. The word libertarian in, in a lot of people's minds in America just means the Koch brothers and anarcho-capitalism and shit like that. The very very first person who um, and there's a lot of like weird like feminist fear about libertarianism, like it's backwoodsy and stuff like that. But the country it scares the city girls. <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much, like if you're brought up in a Marxist home, like you're gonna fear out of ignorance. But I pointed out to somebody that the very first person to coin the, the coined the word libertarian was an anarcho-communist. Yeah, yeah. That... In, in the same sentence was bashing a sexist. Yeah, it was uh, that uh, French or Spanish guy, I believe. Yeah, I can't remember his name right now. Um, and he, I remember one comment on one of your posts from some girl was, Libertarianism just means that I'm white and should be able to do whatever I want. Like, how fucking ignorant do you have to be to come up with some shit like that? Yeah. Lib um, <clears throat> Joseph de Jacques, de Jacques? Oh, yeah, that's definitely French. Yeah. Um, he was the first person to describe himself as a social, or I mean, as a libertarian. Um, let's see. Let me pause it real quick. So, the first use of the word libertarian was uh, in uh, what did I say, 1789, uh, when William Belsham wrote about libertarianism in the context of metaphysics. Um, this is from Wikipedia. Uh, as early as 1796, libertarian came to mean an advocate or defender of liberty, especially in the political and social uh, spheres. When the, when the London packet printed on 12 February the following, lately marched out of the prison at Bristol, 450 of the French libertarians, it was again used in a political sense. But the first person that actually called himself uh, a libertarian was a French man named Joseph uh, de Jacques, who wrote to mutualist Pierre Joseph Proudhon, or Proudhon, Proudhon, uh, in 1857? He used the term for his anarchist publication, uh, Le Libertaire, uh, Journal uh, de Mouvement Social Libertarian jo Journal of the Social Movement is what it's roughly translated to, which was printed from June 9, 1858, to the Febru February 4th of 1861 in New York City. Um, and uh, um, 
So anarchist communist philosopher, who was the first one to call himself a libertarian, uh, he argued that it is not the product of his or her labor that the worker has a right to, but to the satisfaction of his or her needs, whatever may be their nature. Alright, so reading again from Wikipedia, um, Joseph uh, de Jacques was French. Uh, he was an early anarcho-communist poet, philosopher, and writer. He was the first recorded person to employ the term libertarian for himself in a political sense in a letter written in 1857 criticizing Pierre Joseph Proudhon for his sexist views on women's, his support for individual ownership of the product of labor and of a market economy, saying that it is not the product of his or her labor that the worker has a right to, but to the satisfaction of his or her needs, whatever may be their nature. So libertarianism in a political sense owes its roots to an anarcho-communist. So you don't have to fear... Uh, the word itself based on ignorance or just a, a fear of extreme right-wing ideology or something like that. Yeah. It's not black and white like that. Really, the only... Most libertarians, left and right, are on the same level on the social scale. Where we defer is how is a, how we think fiscal policy should be implemented or fiscal... You know, or what style of government or economy should exist. Yeah, and so... We're really not that different, but we are. It's more just, like I said, yeah, like you said, the government and fiscal stuff. It's just nuances of the philosophy. But I can say this and just be a fucking dickhead, but to be a true libertarian from its root, got to be an anarcho-communist. Yeah, because they're the original libertarians and anarchists or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, I, I tell people all the time on, on my videos where I promote us that we should not just fear the word because it's misconstrued because the libertarian party has evolved into something completely different from the original philosophy you know it's not black and white like that yeah there's all different types of libertarians even on the right wing side that a lot of them don't agree with each other and even just if we get away from libertarianism just get to a mainstream republican like or a mainstream democrat who just they're not really too informed on the various political ideologies. Like that video I showed you tonight where the Republican city that voted 60% for Trump, they lost their only grocery store for the whole city, so they started their own community one. Like, that that's an example of uh, socialism that Republicans basically are embracing right now because yeah. they need to. Like, it's not... And, and it's kind of fits into my ideology that something like that can be operated at a local level. You don't need the federal government to say, like, like no, we're opening a federal government-funded grocery store. You, the, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a small local government-funded market. So it's a, it's a mixed market kind of thing there mm -hmm. because... The products are still being sold. Those companies are still making their money, and they're breaking even. It's not being like taxed to hell, and it's the community taking care of itself voluntarily. I guess. Well, I guess maybe not because they, <laughs> the capitalist owner of said company, either went under or left and went to Mexico or something. I think they said in that video. Um, you know, so they literally had no other choice. What's the other choice? Starve. Like, so, and, 
in essence, socialism seems to work at a local level. Yeah, and if they come together and all voluntarily agree that that's what they want to do, then they should have every least, right to do it. Or at least the majority, because the other op what is the other uh, option, like travel way out of your way to go and get something that you need to live? Or can you take a vote and decide, or have your elected officials take a vote, because you can lobby your officials, so you can get, you can get in their ear, especially at a local level. It's going to be way more effective, you know, because they're part of the community. It, like Jimmy Dore was saying, it's not that government itself is the problem, it's the type of government and the type of people that we have in government. Yeah, I, I agree, for sure. Um, <clears throat> the... Uh, True libertarian. <laughs> the true libertarian. <laughs> you fake lib. Like. Yeah. You goddamn libtards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but uh, I forgot what I was going to say. But um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it for this episode. Unless you have anything else you want to add. I think I'm done. We um, did a long one tonight. Yes, we did. If I could conclude with anything... Come on, Tulsi. You're only one thing away from qualifying for the next debate, and you can continue being a bulldozer for the cause, even if it's inadvertently for Bernie. You're still taking out the only people that are siphoning away votes from him. Because ain't no, I swear to God, I hope nobody would support Joe Biden that is leaving from the Beto O'Rourke fake progressive campaign or the Pete Buttigieg. Take his ass out, please. Just fucking keep pummeling. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, same thing with Kamala. I'm glad she's gone. Not because of some identity politic reason, but because she was just generally a bad person. <laughs> uh, other than that, um, we'll try to get some more podcasts going here. Um, it's still really hard because of different work schedules. I'm in the, still in the fucking quest of trying to find a better job uh, that is more in line with what I'm passionate about or what I feel comfortable doing and all that. And it's hard because obviously I'm a felon and for some reason the places I applied to don't want to hire me uh, unofficially, probably because of felony conviction, like Aldi's or something like that. Um, I, I tried. Uh, they pay really well, but they didn't. They sent me an email saying they didn't want to hire me. Um, my former job seems to not want to hire me because of the new conviction. That's the only difference other than me having three years of experience there. So, sorry to get off topic, but basically, we're trying to make this work. And, um, I don't know, we hope that you will share this with people, listen to it on your car rides, listen to it at work, whatever. We need you to listen. We need you to contribute your ideas. So, get on our Facebook page, listen to us on Spotify. <clears throat> libertarian social democracy thank you everybody i hope you've enjoyed this very long episode and um we'll see you in the next one good night